for today's episode. Yeah, How are you feeling? Me too. I am very stoked. I am less stoked that we're remote right now and I'm not in your sweet, loving, chartwin arms. But that's okay. <laughs> we don't have to cuddle on my couch for every episode. It's fine. But as someone who's pretty touch-starved, who's been quarantining and living alone during a pandemic, I mean, I'm never gonna say no <laughs> to, to being in your sweet, loving arms. Honestly... <laughs> honestly but it's okay soon soon because we have to record ourselves singing more taylor songs <laughs> oh yes oh yes i hope you all all you listeners enjoy it because it's a blast to sing yeah. all those songs together and it's like purposefully fun to kind of be bad like like get to sing in that little 15 year old girl range like and and not have to just worry about feeling like I have to be an amazing singer, like whatever, y'all are still going to listen through and listen to me talk about astrology because I'm still smart about astrology. So like even, you know, it's like, again, I'm learning that Leo Chiron, right? Where it's like, all right, I can handle the fact that I am not good at this, but I'm still going to perform it. Who cares? Y'all going to like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah. But anyway, yeah. So uh, today we're on uh, twin fire signs. Uh, Emily, what are we? What are we talking about? It is one of uh, an iconic song. It Truly is the iconic. 15 episode. We are recording this episode on Wednesday, April 28, twenty twenty one. Fun fact: Today is the first day where Saturn is exact returning to the degree that Shannon and I was. Where we're born was at. When Shannon and I were born at. Um, so it is our exact Saturn return right now. We are uh, 13 degrees it. Saturn Aquarius. And here we are we're about in a behemoth Saturn project. <laughs> yeah, for real. And uh, for real. It's, it's interesting to think about how I have thought about Saturn return for so long now I feel like and now here I am actually doing it it's happening and I'm kind of looking around actually I'm not even gonna say it because today was fine today was fine you know but whatever Uh, yeah (laughs) we have a month until retrogrades goes retrograde and then it comes back back (laughs) it comes back again and then we have another Saturn return in February of 2022 and then we're done so 
well not done done but then it's the the fall of the transit not the uh rise yeah the right yeah 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 so we're, we're rise, finishing right. we're, we're, it's like the cleanup of the transit but we'll still be here Astro Swifties, we will still we will. be here working on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We are still at the end of our Saturn return and it's still not done. She still hasn't released all of the re-records and we're still doing it. Then great. So be it. So be it. So <laughs> we today is time. Yeah. So for today's episode, we are going to dive right into 15, but considering the date and some theories on what's coming up. In the next two days. So, well, uh, so by the time that everyone's listening to this, it will literally be tomorrow. So, 429. 429 is, so it's four, well, 429 is the day that we release the episode, but the day in question is 430. 430. So, April it, 30th. So, it will be the day. So, everybody, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day we release this episode, Tomorrow is apparently a theorized big day for Taylor or potentially there are many a theory as to her doing something, dropping something. Uh, the theories are all over the place. Everyone There's loves a good theory. Taylor Swift theory. We love a good Taylor Swift theory. That is why we are sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um so for those of you who have been kind of under a rock or kind of like, yeah, I hear something about 4.30, but I don't know what's really going on, um, based off a Easter egg in one of Taylor Swift's lyric music videos, there's been theory since like, I want to say like December 2020, um, Swifties have been like thinking, okay, something's coming on four, on April 30th. Um, and the what is dropping has been all over the place. There's been theories of a third sister album to evermore and to folklore um which is would be called woodvale taylor swift has gone on to jimmy kimmel and been like no that was like an honest mistake that's not a thing but the theory still persists because she is a sneaky minx yes um to things like the 1989 recording to a music video always love a music video from taylor always always to even like to even things like, oh, well, like Halsey's supposed to drop a new song that day. So maybe it's a feature with Halsey. Oh, no. It was like, a, or is Halsey also? Because I was saying that's Haley Kyoko. Oh, dropping. okay. It was yeah, Haley yeah. Kyoko. My but, bad. You know, My similar, similar vein of queer I, queer woman uh, artist. But but no, so close, it was. Emily. So close. <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, Haley Kyoko is dropping a song apparently on 430. And so some Swifties are like, Taylor respects that kind of stuff. She wouldn't release anything. And apparently Billie Eilish, I think, is releasing a single on Thursday, tomorrow, the day that this is yeah. dropping. So people the are like, theories are all Taylor, over Taylor totally respects that stuff. Wouldn't ever release an album on the same day someone else is releasing something. Uh, but then that's where I'm kind of – I actually do kind of lean on the – like if there's something, if something happens on 4.30, um, then I could see it being a collab. Or even a collab mm-hmm. announcement. Yeah. She doesn't have to drop a song to do something. She could – Taylor has the power. All she has to do is post an Instagram that's vague. And people will yeah. be like, oh, I'm going to get all this before 30 was true. Yeah. I mean, well, we have our thoughts on whether something's going to happen. I'm very on the fence. I'm very much like – I have been, you know, I'm very on the fence. I think 
it would make sense because she's been leading so many 1989 Easter eggs, but I think 4.30 is kind of soon. But at the same time, she's trying to drop these re-records out as fast as possible. I don't personally believe in the Woodvale theory because she went on Jimmy Kimmel and said it was an honest editing mistake Um, because apparently Woodvale was like a code name for um, Forevermore, I think, if I recall correctly. I could be wrong. So... Um, me personally, I'm kind of like, I feel like we're all going to be sitting on the edge of a seat for all of 429 and 430 and then be like clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's also something Taylor has done. Yeah. Right. Make it be like, oh yeah, haha, you thought, you thought. But while we do have our theories, we also have a thing that we could kind of use to see if maybe <gasps> there's some kind of factor. So what? I have pulled up for, for everyone. For the Astro Taycast. <laughs> yeah, for the Astro Taycast. Um, I have pulled up Taylor Swift's transits mm. for April 30th, 2021. Um as a reminder, we are using the Scorpio rising birth time for Taylor Swift. So December, if you want to follow along with us as we go through charts and look at transits, Taylor Swift, Taylor, Allison Swift, December 13, 1989, we're using chart. the 517 a.m. time. Um, and for this Astro Take cast, we are looking at the transits for Taylor Swift on April 30th, 2021. Um, I've looked at this. Shannon's kind of cold reacting to it. So yeah, um, I think I saw Shannon, it. You kind, of, you kind of briefly showed it to me the other day when mm-hmm. when some of these were when this was kind of coming out first. But um, yeah. I mean, so Mars. Oh, actually, I didn't notice this last time, but Mars will basically be like right around her moon. Mars will be at mm-hmm. three degrees cancer on her moon. And then, of course, the Taurus stellium will be in her seventh house. Uh, and. Oh, look at the moon will be on her sun also. Well, the moon's at. Yeah, moon's at 20. Her sun's at 21. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that being said, uh, I feel like, I mean, this definitely is a transit to where, like, I could look at this and be like, okay, yeah, sure, something could happen, but is it a new album? Not thinking so, like, Mm -hmm. because I would think there would be more like creative project, like fifth house activation, right? Yeah, right now only Neptune's in it, the ruler of of Pisces is in her fourth house. It's approach uh is in the fourth house and like the Approaching final the degrees. Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I personally not sure. don't think yeah. yeah. I personally don't think an album's gonna drop until Jupiter's in Pisces. I completely agree. Uh, I don't think. I definitely think and I think that it makes sense too that during Jupiter Aquarius would be when she re-records Fearless because Fearless probably and also for sure I'm sure like Taylor or her debut album, but like Fearless, definitely again, like we kind of talked about with the era, uh, definitely probably feels more like you know home, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to her. So I think it makes sense that during Jupiter Aquarius, her fifth house ruler, fifth house rules creative projects. Uh, that fifth house ruler being transiting the fourth makes sense that her creative project was literally unearthing old stuff, her heritage, her her literal background, you know. Hmm. Very and cool. she did it all from home. Yeah. Like everyone Literally, has to yes, during exactly. this pandemic. Yeah. Everything has been – she made her own home studio recording studio. For oh, home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because of the Panasonic. 
Yeah, I mean, she had to. Saturn Aquarius, she's working from home. <laughs> yeah, working from home. Literally. Um, uh, I, but yeah, go ahead. What do you think of that? Um, so for me, when I looked at this, I was like, maybe at best, if there is a drop, it's going to be a collab. Yes, for sure. That's because of all this action in our seventh house. You have Mercury, you have Venus, you have Uranus, and you have transiting Sun. Venus is in her domicile. Um, Uranus definitely could be something of like a a collaboration that we weren't ready for, we weren't paying attention to, we didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, definitely interesting there. Uh, but maybe maybe Mars on her moon, she was the one who initiated, kind of similar to how she initiates a lot of her partnerships. Well, right, and also Mars on her moon. This is where Mars was when. Again, we're just gonna keep calling back to it, but uh, this is exactly the same placement that was happening when uh, Mars when Kanye ran up to her on stage. Mars also. Can you hear the ice cream Man, Taylor must, Taylor must have such a mixed bag about Mars, Mars and Cancer transits. Yeah. I mean, Mars and fall opposite all her Saturn and Mercury and all that's Neptune and Uranus. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. She's a Mars-ruled person. So like Mars transits in general will likely affect her. Just yeah. like for us, we're Mercury-ruled people. Strong Mercury transits kind of throw us off in a particular shade a specificality. <laughs> yep. Um, interesting. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I can't wait for when Pluto transits her Venus. Oh, my God. I know, right? Like, what's she going to do? Build her own empire? I mean, she's already I mean, done where it. Are, God, what Pluto, I mean, we're much lesser people than her. Not lesser in that, but lesser <laughs> than like, you know, we are, we are not famous. We are not worthy. Yeah. Um, but we are having a Venus Pluto transit, and so it's just like, what do we think could come of that, right? Oh man. Well, we'll find out. Again, we had our first one in back in January and December, so uh, looking forward to Pluto retrograding back to our degrees. Absolutely, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <It's fine>. not. <laughs> I know that was like that was like I'm trying not to like doom astrologize, but like you know I, I'm I'm looking Same forward to the lessons. I'm looking forward to the lessons I'm gonna be forced to learn. Yay, yay! But anyway, yay. So that being right. said, back to the chart. No, uh, I agree. I think that if there's anything, it's a collab, uh, and it's a surprising collab, mm-hmm. or. And again, and I think, yeah, Mars on the moon and moon on the oh, – well, okay. Actually, Mars on her moon, yeah, she could be the person, but also that collaborator could be coming to her, being the Mars person on her moon stellium. And Ooh. the moon person might be Taylor because moon is also on her sun. I wonder if, like, watch her, like, release a collaboration with, like, a famous cancer or something. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> If she just like what if was, it was like, like with Olivia with Rodrigo, well, she's <laughs> just a Pisces, but I, I mean her fifth house. Wouldn't yeah, that be funny? Maybe. That would be so funny, but no, yeah, well, also, interesting. Uh, but Olivia Rodrigo released her track list already for her new album, and Taylor is not listed as a collab on any of them. Yeah, yeah, so, that's why I was that Olivia that, Rodrigo yeah. was just like a low key joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but also that in the future would literally break the internet. <laughs> 
it would break my brain as someone who maybe that's is one a, is a is an is an elder Olivia Rodrigo stan. <laughs> maybe that's when Venus that's Taylor's Venus Pluto transit. It's just like all of her like all her like musical babies just collabing oh, with her. Children. Yeah, yeah. Little um, babies. That would be really funny. Yeah. Um but anyway, so that's that's my thoughts that's on what, it. I don't really have much else. Yeah. We're very on the fence. I mean, we'll find out in two days. In two days, literally. We'll come back on the next episode and be like, well, we're all clowns. See. Yeah. We are all clowns. Or we're not clowns and maybe we come back on the next episode and we have the right prediction. You know what I mean? Let's be op- Let's be our SAG optimists for once. Oh, yes. Although, you know what? Not now that once, I'm thinking always. about – now that I am thinking about if they approached her, like – that moon Mars action that you're pointing out because I keep I mean like we do know that she's gonna be featured on a on a Bonnie Vare song Hmm. so maybe it's like something with Justin Vernon because of that yeah maybe he'll drop it just like out of nowhere um maybe it's maybe it's something from Aaron Desner something from the national because Aaron Desner also has tourist placements Justin Vernon has like a big old uh if I recall, a big old Libra stellium. So interesting. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those are my theories. Yeah. I'm glad we kind of lined up on the same thing. We're like, it could go either way. It doesn't give me big uh, Taylor dropping anything significant from herself. If there's anything happening, it's somebody else. So. Yeah. And there's nothing really going and on with her fifth house and her and her 11th house. Also, you know what it could be, too? The somebody else in this situation could literally just be the fans being crazy theorists. Like, <laughs> literally, like it, it, just the time that this is literally a transit chart that could just be kept into in like museum perpetuity of like, this is the moment that every Taylor Swift fan was so unhinged that every single waking morning of breath of life, they were panicking over if Taylor was dropping something or not. The Uranus in the seventh house is just like Taylor's just waiting there, like, Ha 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 ha, bitches. I've that's the Mars. You. That's the Mars applying moon. That's really? the Mars. We're the Mars. It's not Taylor. It's us. It's her we fan are base. The ones who are freaking the ninth out. house. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the Mars in her ninth house and her moon in the second and the transiting moon in the second house. Like, We're just begging massive. her for more. And she's just like, when I'm ready. Yeah. But anyway, TBD. TBD. We shall see. All right. So anyway, yeah, let's get into talking about 15 because we don't have a lot to update on for Taylor because we have a lot to talk about with 15. Yes. What a walk down memory lane. Oh, yeah. Wow. 15. I mean, what's there to say about 15? That it's in critical success, that it is like – it embodies the power of what is fearless where Taylor really encapsulates in the most beautiful way – what it is to be a teenage girl and 15 is just an just such a clear example of what it is to be a teenage girl if anyone was like what is it like to be a, a you know a teenage girl going through life i feel like if you're like all right well like listen to taylor swift's 15 that's a really great starter um yep. it talks about love it talks about growing up it talks about anxieties of starting a new chapter it talks about giving everything you had to a boy who changed his mind and crying along with your best friend. It talks about meeting your best friend. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yes. No, I was actually um, just going to – sorry. I was just, just looking at the set list of, ni- of the 1989 tour because I went and saw her live then. And I was going to say, so mm-hmm. you're not of the critical success, success of it. Uh, 15 and Love Story were the only two songs she played off of oh, – well, and wait, and You Belong. Wait. No, I don't even think she played You Belong With Me. You Belong With Me? No, she didn't because it's really out of the woods, a lot of streams. I mean, she's long ass. Yeah, yeah, because it was a, it was mostly 1989. She played 15 in Love Story. She played. Uh, I know, no, literally, the only. Oh, and We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together was the only other one that she played. An old song. I feel like she did "You Belong she, With Me" for Reputation. Yeah, I, I think that tour. I think that she does that where she would transition her tours, playing different um, the different old songs of hers, and so maybe this was when she was doing like the f- brief ones. Yeah, because I could look, but I'm pretty sure that's the right cellist. This also it all sounded very familiar. Like, yeah. Just and yeah. I don't because I don't think I remember you belong with me. Taylor Swift set list nineteen eighty nine. Yes, September twenty. Yep, there it is. Yep, welcome there to New York, is. New Romantics, Blank Space. Da, 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 da. Yep, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, okay. So that being said, uh, fifteen is a very important song to Taylor, and it makes all the sense as to why because it is a very, as you said, foundational song. It is a great starting point. It's a great jump off, uh, mm-hmm. especially because, like you said, I mean, she's. No, I was going to say, you're fine. Like you said, uh, she talks about many things, not just dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was letting the, mm-hmm. sorry, I was letting my, uh, my, um, whatever, the police siren. There's the a lot of noise outside of my window right now because they're both open because they're so, it's so hot. Oh, uh, same, same, yeah. same. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, 15, big deal. Um, where do we want to start with our discussion of 15? We want to do some background, some, some significance. And we have a lot of, we have some cute little, you've pulled some interesting stuff. Cause again, Emily, the outline queen. (laughs) I do love an outline. I do like, I do like a plan. Um, I, there's a lot of background on 15 because even when like the album was released and the song was released, she did talk a lot about it. But my favorite quote about this, well, there's two things I really like right off the bat. First, apparently Taylor Swift began writing 15 with the literal lyric and Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind. We both cried, which eventually became, as we know, the song's big bridge. And then that, and then from there, kind of continued writing everything else in like a backwards manner. Um, and when you see the perfection chart, you're gonna be like, "Wow, that tracks." Um, also, and, I yes. just, I just hate that. Yeah, that's the. That was the, the first. The first lyric was the one out in Abigail about single virginity. Or Abigail just getting her heart stomped on. Her poor Abigail was her first was her first uh lyric heart. Yeah. Oh God. Um, she'll later go on in another interview to say, I just decided I really wanted to tell that story about our first year of high school because I felt in my freshman year I grew up more than any year in my life so far. And then she continued um 
I grew up more than yeah. any year. I mean, yeah. Also, oh, this exact- makes me think, oh. wait, was she? So she was 15 as a freshman? Because yes, because she has I an was- early birthday. Okay, yeah. Because Well, it's funny because she's early birthday with December. The cutoff must be different because for me, I'm a December sec. Like, I'm December too, but I was set back the one. Like, I was 14 when I was a freshman in high school. I feel like she might have embellished a little bit too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe it is all of her. Maybe it is all the difference. Maybe. Whatever. Maybe. Doesn't matter. Freshman year, she's talking about a freshman year. The song is about your freshman year. So there yes. you go. Yes. Uh, she went to Henderson High School in Nashville. Uh believe she uh, that this was around the time her family moved to Nashville. They relocated for her career. So it's a it's a big year. Um, and the hidden message for this song in the OG Fearless was, I cried while recording this. I bet you did, Cancer Moon. I bet, I bet you did. You did. Because Cancer Moon loves being nostalgic, as we covered in the last episode. Yep. I'm like, you do you, Taylor. Go cry. We're Cancer Mars. We love crying. We get it. Yeah, I love, I mean, not only Cancer Mars, but Pisces Moon. I mean, I'm always open for a cry if I need to. And especially I can imagine that, you know, when you, and I actually do wonder this a lot about artists who write their music. I always do wonder like how it feels to be singing these songs at later dates about people that, and experiences that you're no longer pained over. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you could probably hear in her voice a little bit in 15. Maybe that's kind of why she does have that. And when you like when she's just a little like she's sings well, but it's that little bit of that teen, again, that teenage girl falter uh, getting that high note. And I just want I can imagine. Yeah, her crying, like literally her crying. It, so, it sounds to me the singing sounds mm-hmm. like she's crying, like she's singing through the tears. Right. Yeah. And the, I mean, not to compare because obviously, like, obviously, we will always pick Taylor's version over the original. I mean, literally, yeah, literally. But that is something that's it's it's fascinating in the original, right? You deal with like that really raw emotion, like she said it herself. She was crying during while mm-hmm. recording it, versus like listening to like thirty something year old Taylor singing fifteen. Now you get the wisdom and the like depth of a post Saturn voice. Yes. So it's like. It's very fascinating. Like, yeah, obviously, I, yeah. But and so again, yeah. Well, and it's one thing. I yeah, like I'm always going to be listening to Taylor's versions of these songs because I want her to have that money, and that streaming, and that and that all of that. But that is something. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a completely fair thing to to think about with all of her albums that she plans to re-record and how the emotions when you're recording this and especially for someone who's so watery like her i bet it's different Mm -hmm. for people who would be re-recording their music and they're maybe more earthy or airy and they don't really give a shit as much anymore and they're kind of over it and they're just like whatever i'll just sing it okay but she's like she's a she's an emotional person she writes with her emotions forward and so Mm -hmm. i think that like having her get to that point of re-recording it and not having those same feelings anymore again like i said i think on one of the early episodes i was like freaking she doesn't care about joe jonas anymore he's married with a baby like 
like, that's why Mr. Perfectly Fine is just was such a fun vault song because yeah. you could tell like I feel like the quality of Mr. Perfectly Fine would have been vastly different if it was a non-vault song versus like now we're getting into the vault song. It's like this like vindicative raucous like bop. Yep. Yeah. And 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 again, it wouldn't have been it would have been a little more like snarky, I think, if she recorded it when she was young. But now within the adulthood, Taylor, she's more of like, <laughs> and you're just Mr. Perfectly Fine. Like, haha, whatever. Like, she doesn't really. I've been miss misery since you're goodbye. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not singing it with that, like, because you can imagine that that song, honestly, I wonder if when she was younger if that song was something that maybe she was wanting to record as like a more ballady type song and maybe because mm-hmm. Jack and Jack did it with her. So I wonder yeah. if maybe he was like, actually, what if we took it like this? And she was like, Oh, that's fun. That's boppy. That's catchy. Uh, but who knows? Cause I feel like Taylor does have most visions of anything, but anyway, big digression. That being said, uh, 15, Iconic. Where was Taylor when at 15? Let's um, see. I pulled up the perfection year chart. As we know, you know, uh, annual perfections, uh, depending on the time of year, what, depending on your age, a certain part of your chart is going to be activated for the full year. So if you want to kind of get an idea of what the theme of that year is going to be, you look at your annual perfection for the age you are. Taylor is 15 which means she was in a fourth house perfection year. Uh, The beginning of freshman year probably was towards the end of her third house year going into her fourth house year. But for the sake of just keeping things straight and only looking at one chart, we're just going to primarily focus on a fourth house perfection year read. Yeah, exactly. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, her fourth house is ruled by Saturn uh, and she has Saturn and Capricorn opposite her moon and her Jupiter and her Chiron <laughs> and conjunct her Mercury mm-hmm. and Neptune and Uranus. So a lot of action happening. So again, a refresh perfections when you're in that perfection year, both the planets that occupy the house of that chart. So for instance, she's a, has an Aquarius uh, Venus, which is in her fourth house. So mm-hmm. uh, that being said, her fourth house year. Oh, wait, also, doesn't she have a North her North node there? I believe she does have her North yeah. Node. North Node there as well. Right. So those things are going to be apparent. However, also, so are the themes of the planet that rules that perfection year. So with this, with Taylor, it is with Saturn uh, ruling her fourth. And that being said, Saturn is, like I said earlier, conjunct and opposite all those planets and is doing a lot in her chart. So mm-hmm. no wonder she was big workhorse queen when... Uh, this was happening because i mean when she was actually 15 uh she was starting with that debut her debut was at 16 so she was probably Mm -hmm. like writing the music doing the grind getting all of the the uh the like the work done you know the pre-recording work all that work done before the release during her oh surprise surprise fifth house year (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean when i look at this though I was taking it back by what she wrote about 15. She said, I feel like I grew up the most in this year. I feel like I fell in love and experienced love and heartbreak. And then the final thing that just is just 
she's so good is she goes i started from the bridge basically to like abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind and then she was like and then i started going backwards and looking in retrospect to that age and like saturn rules time saturn yep. rules time and the fact that she's like i started kind of like in media's ray so in the middle of like a big climactic moment and then she's like and then i played with time and i just went backwards and it was and that's one of the beauties about 15 is it has this very it has a very it has it plays a lot with tenses like um there's moments where it's like yeah like overall she's like she's an older age looking back on that 15 being like i should have known better i should have been wiser blah 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 but how could i have known to then like reliving it at the same time as yep. she's like walking down this memory lane with this like looking at everything with a different perspective and also when you're 18 writing this song and performing this song and releasing this song 15 still is pretty close in memory especially for a teenager like those high school mems are just so poignant and i think also like i mean taylor didn't really have a traditional high school experience which lol aquarius fourth house year right um so she didn't have the typical high school experience because she was becoming taylor swift right like and and when you're when you're releasing music at 16 there's no way you're gonna be able to just go to high school normal and be like totally un un like have it not be affecting you at all um so i think that it's uh pretty interesting that she's got that Aquarius happening. I kind of lost my train of thought, but <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah. I was I was kind of stoked when I saw fifteen with a fourth house year and just kind of seeing. And I mean, you were saying like she was moving on to becoming the Taylor Swift that we know, and that was an activation of her North Node in the fourth yep. house in Aquarius. Yep. Um, she was building art. She was connecting with her fans more at this age. The song that she, she was meeting pe- famous people to start dating and 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 like and knowing and all these things and starting working to get with. in these spaces. Yeah, right. Like she's and that not only that, you mentioned something earlier too, where you were like, Yeah, she had just moved to Nashville and like a fourth house here, and she's in an, she's establishing herself in a literal new home. Ooh, because the fourth house not- rules home and family. And her family is very integral in her being able to have achieved what she has and that very much is a big saturn fourth house ruling energy right and her family's been super supportive because again i think i meant to just mention this on the first episode but having venus in that fourth house having any benefit in your fourth house like being venus or jupiter is gonna at least lend to some kind of generally amicable experience with your family like Mm -hmm. and i and i'm obviously you're gonna like have family fights and whatever but like that usually a benefit planet they're blessings so you're going to be able to have that experience with your family but that's because the mars or the the mars and saturn malefics are elsewhere in your chart wreaking their own havoc somewhere else (laughs) but anyway but she has saturn ruled fourth and i think she probably feels a lot of duty to her family especially after how they uplifted her and helped her Mm -hmm. achieve what she's done but yeah fourth house year is big big like also a reset kind of so that it hits the ic oh well her ic is in her fifth Ooh, forget well just like a random fun fact for astro swifties listening did you know everyone in taylor swift's immediate family has an aquarius venus oh my god i forgot about this 
Remember this, Shannon? Yeah. We looked it up every her parents single and her, her parents, and she does. Aquarius Venus. But her parents, her it's like a Sag and a what's her mom? Her mom's because her dad's a no, her someone's a Sagittarius and someone is a Capricorn or something. I can't remember. Yeah, we, but then we her brother's it. a Pisces. It's like they cover all of the possible signs that could be the Venus energy. Or not the Venus, uh, mm-hmm. the Aquarius Venus could have an Aquarius mm-hmm. Venus. So yeah. anyway. We can maybe cover fact. it on another episode, but it's just a really fun family astrology fun fact that we hope to just dive right into one day. Oh, yeah. Because it w- it's very – We love family astrology. Yeah, we love family astrology. I do. Mm. I do too. I do too. Um, especially I love listening to Shannon talk family astrology. <laughs> I am a, it's a rabbit hole. It's a full rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I mean that's that perfection. Do you have anything else to say about it? No, that's I think we covered it. What about you? Any last Forward. words on the perfection year? Uh, well, I will say that um, you and I were in a fourth house perfection year during 2020. And all we did was stay at home. So, <laughs> stayed at home. We we did a lot of redecoration. Yes, uh, and I think that it's interesting because at twenty seven, which is the fourth house perfection year, after fifteen, so that's the next time you hit mm-hmm. a fourth house perfection year. So it's funny that at twenty seven we're like decorating our apartments, we're living in our own spaces, we're controlling our own thing, but at fifteen. Her parents are moving her. She's in high school because she has to be. And she like these the differences of the themes that pop up are like age are very age appropriate. Right. It's just kind of funny to think about that where I'm like, yeah, we were decorating our apartments in a pandemic, but she's becoming a global super superstar from the comfort of Nashville, Tennessee. Her new home. Her, her new home. home. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. Fourth house. Good stuff. And Fourth house. Uh, yeah, now we've got what's next? Ooh. So it's, I pulled uh, a couple charts. Oh. Yeah. I pulled a couple charts. So for those listening, um, the first one I pulled up is when 15, the song dropped as a radio single. Um, the date was August 30th, 2009. Um we pulled up transits for that date to see what was going on in Taylor's chart at the time, at the day, on the day that 15, the radio single dropped. This also was, this was pretty far after, this was like a year after the release almost. Yeah, it wasn't like a pre-album drop. Yeah. It was like a promotion during the era. Probably it was promoting the tour, mm-hmm. I'd suspect. Right, well... Look, looky, looky, looky. That was what? right around the time that, again, Mars was in Cancer, exactly the same time as right now on the exact – is it the exact degree again? Is oh, it? Oh, man. No, it's it's one off, but two degrees it's, versus oh. three degrees. Like, it's so close. But that, again, is same – same spot, Mars Cancer. Just should we uh, should we go back on our Astro Takecast bets? <laughs> maybe she will drop a music video. Maybe, maybe or a new radio. Uh, I don't single. know because the sun. Think about it. The sun is in on her midheaven. Like mm. it was her. Her. I'm in the spotlight. Like I am putting myself out there. There was no way that this wasn't going to be something. Oh, and you know what? Venus doing. is in her tenth house too. Yep. 
arts on display love life on display and abigail's love life on display opposite oh is she having is it exact almost exact opposite where is it yeah it's two degrees opposite her actual venus her natal venus wow fascinating wow you gotta love the astrology. All right, maybe maybe she might drop something on on but Friday. I, I don't know though, because again, Mars and Cancer is the only similarity, and all the rest of the chart stuff is in the seventh house, and there's no seventh house action happening yeah. with this chart. This is all again, like I said, mid heaven stuff. Uh, oh, a Mercury, a Mercury, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mercury Libra twelfth, and she's literally airing out her best friend's secrets, essentially <laughs> on the song. And that's when it was on. And that I was mean, when it was on the radio. She did ask for permission. Oh, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not to say that it was not for permission, yeah. but it still is a twelfth house like topic. Like the things that she wrote about with Abigail are still twelfth housey of the things that are happening in secret, and she's putting that mm-hmm. secret out into the world. Hmm. Hmm. So anyway. Uh, pretty wild. And what else is happening? Uh, Jupiter was also in Aquarius, but it was retrograde. On her north. Interesting. So it's applying to her north node? Uh, yep. Pretty. Interesting. Yeah. And then the moon. Moon's on her Uranus. And. A deeply emotional like song becomes a radio hit. Yeah. I was going to say moon Pluto conjunction. Or close enough. Well, the moon's at. In this chart, the moon's in Capricorn at four degrees. And Pluto was just entered Capricorn at. It was at. It was at zero? Yeah. It's still at zero degrees. So. A close mm-hmm. conjunction because still it's the moon, so four degrees off, really close. Um, and but yeah, that yeah, that moon Pluto on Uranus, as you said, radio radio, and we said it on another ep- the last episode talking about the fearless radio edit, how it also had some third house activation because third house mm-hmm. is the radio. Interesting, uh, fascinating. Yeah, and is that is that Neptune guy? Where are you looking? Neptune Chiron? Yeah, she has there's a Neptune Chiron conjunction within one degree on her Oh wow. Close to her north node. So again, more 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 wounds being being shown, but in a very elusive way. Yeah. Like I remember when the song dropped, like we were just talking about how the the bridge, the fateful bridge about Abigail, like Loki revealed that Abigail lost her virginity. Which virginity is a social construct, everyone. But um, if I, I remember there being debate of being like, she didn't do that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the debate of like how, how like murkiness on timeline. Like as you just said, you were like, wow, she was 15 during freshman year. Like the murkiness of timelines, um, some very specific details, but then also purposely blurry details as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, completely agree. And she, yeah. yeah, the 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 murky detail is key. And I think that's that's like it was very deliberate in some ways. Like it's very diary esque, yes. in some ways. Yes. But in other ways, like it's very diary esque, in the sense of like there's very specific details. But the other side of it is, Taylor makes a point to control the narrative. Big like she time. doesn't go – she only tells the things that she's like, these are the details I am going to tell you. Um, she even like uh, – we didn't cover it in the background, but I mean before she put – she recorded it and put it in the album, she went up to Abigail and was like, hey, is it okay if I 
write a song about this. And like Abigail was like, oh my God, amazing. I'm so game, bestie. And like Taylor Swift was Love later you, like, yeah, I was really nervous to play it. Yeah, like Taylor Swift was like, I'm really nervous to play this because like I don't want her to be upset that like I wrote about this very monumental year for us. Then like Abigail's like, oh my God, I love you so much. And then they're like probably like, I love you so much, best friend. You're my best friend. (laughs) Um, Exactly. That's how I imagine them. After watching them interact with each other on Miss Americana, like (laughs) they're so cute. They're also really cute childhood best friends. Yeah, I was going to say they're also very much the same energy as their childhood best friends. Like they don't – like they've aged clearly like as humans because they're adults now but like they very much invoke their childhood when they're together it's very cute mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but anyway next chart you pulled was for is the the 15 the music video mm-hmm. um it was dropped october 9 2009 um and we also can kind of, if we want, we can also kind of watch it together to kind of have some live reactions. Oh yeah, because I have, yeah, I don't, I don't even think I've seen it. Like I may have it's seen a, it, but it's I, a beautiful time capsule. Yeah, <laughs> in so many ways, okay, from well the then. editing to the choices to just the aesthetic. Yeah, um, I have it here on my phone. Oh yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Hang on. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. It's McConaughey over here. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's do it. Yes. So are we going to play at the same time? Yeah, let's watch it. I'll okay. play. I'll put – I'll leave my oh, audio and- on since I've not watched it and I'm going to live react. Yes, and then I'll unmute myself to like – say anything yes yes okay. sounds perfect okay plus we'll get a little music break oh my god this photo of her now the girl in the in the re-record lyric video she has so all many beautiful pictures of yeah. them together it's beautiful also this is very intro to like her eventual folklore aesthetic where it's like this like weird cottagey core flowery walk-in like this this combo of the high school but also the like woods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's walking barefoot so much feet shot she's so cute I know. And you know what's wild about her face is it's the same face we know now. Same face. It's just a little younger. Yeah. Just a little younger, but same face. Oh, her beautiful curly hair. Uh, This is also so cute under the little tree. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, this really is like her aesthetic is cottagecore. She's always been this. The love story video. Taylor Swift's always been a nerd. Ugh, She's new, always been a nerd like the, the rest of us. I know. Wow, that little sad look. Uh, she's, she's. Oh, she's so determined too. She's so cute. Oh my god, Abigail's 
in the video. Yeah, our first Abigail. Her hair really is so red. Oh my God, they're a little yes. whispering together. Stop, cute. This outfit mm -hmm. is so mid-2000s. Also, Abigail's like bracelets. Yeah, like, that's what I like So 2000s. Yeah. Car. Uh, the car. Taylor's so cute. And there's oh. the car in the video. We're gonna I'm gonna add the tallies when we do the lyrics. Oh, and it's I know. Abigail with the boy and not Taylor. Yeah. From her she's showing us already that she's gonna talk about other people's relationships from her perspective, not my relationships. I forgot when I until I watched this, I didn't realize she makes out with this boy, Abigail. Is making yeah. out with this boy in the video? Scandal. You know what, Abigail? I do the same too. I want to kiss the cute boy on the set of my best friend's wow, music video. I was gonna say, what a best friend vibe to just be able to put her in the video and like you're the star of the video. You're making out with the boy. You're doing this. Like I'm just taking the jams. I'm jamming on the guitar. They are making out in this car. Oh, she she did that. No, not farther. Oh no, I said no. And yeah, they're mad at each other. Wow, the bridge here. Oh, and now they're mad at each other. Oh, and he fades away, and now she's sitting yeah. by herself. Oh, God. Behind the scenes of this is so cute because they go like, yeah, we don't really hug or uh, hug each other like that very much. Yeah, the Neptune stuff of this is really apparent because the, the shifting lyrics of like. Is it Abigail or is it me I'm yeah. talking about? And then they're sitting next to each other. We both cry. This is the scene where they're like, we have to pretend to cry together. The water drop on the flower. <laughs> the, the behind the scene. The behind the scene is so cute, Jaden, between them. Because they're like, yeah, we don't really, like, how do we pretend this? Wow. And they are so cute in their little Freddie Owen with their equal curly hair. Because that oh was my the gosh. look for all the little girl, the little country girls. Well, Taylor, I bet Taylor they like the curly longs. This is it. I bet they bonded over their curly haired struggles. Oh it's so cute. Probably. Ugh, the little shrug about like I didn't know who I was supposed to be at fifteen. This is so drama. The green screen work on this is expert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great mm -hmm. CG, big budget, big budget for two thousand nine. Wow. I'm so glad that we God, so much rain reference. And how's everybody walking into high school? An umbrella. Wait, she's looking way more adult in this one. What the heck? Oh, she's like looking at her past self. Stop. Oh, no, 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 no. She's looking at new girls, different girls. Yes. Who are you? Who's that random girl? Yes. It's her looking at future girls because when she wrote this song, wow. she wanted it to be both cautionary and memorable. Um Let's talk let's, about the music uh, video. Yeah, I was like, let's talk about the video and the chart. The chart. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, first off, uh, so cute, right? Just looking yeah, the at video. a young Taylor Swift. Baby Taylor, baby Abigail. These, again, the, the very early OG effects. We'd love to see it. Um, all right. So let's see. Oh, Mars was in Cancer still, but closer toward the mm -hmm. end of its transit. Because, again, Mars and mm -hmm. Cancer was – so this plus the ra radio single release is not too far off from each other. Um, mm -hmm. But Sun was in Libra 
honestly, that video was very dark. Yeah, deceptive, deceptively and, dark. Yeah, like and actually like tinted dark. Like it was like gray. Like it looked like she was walking through constant like storm colors, even though there was green and flowers and cottagecore vibe. It was still dark. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but wait, was that? No. Oh my god, sorry, the font. It's just this laptop I'm on. It's so okay. I can't tell. Is Mercury's not retrograde, right? No. But Mercury's at 28 degrees Virgo. Did it go retrograde? Oh my god. It went retrograde right like the day after, after she dropped. No, 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 no. Right after the radio single dropped because it's a direct Mercury in that chart, but it's in Libra. And then in this next chart, it's direct also, but it's in Virgo. Wow. So so there was an entire Mercury retrograde transit between the radio single drop and the video drop. Wow. That's wild. Wow. August 2009 to October. I guess... Three weeks is about how long Mercury is retrograde. So that would make sense that there was a three – there's about a a month period. Wow. Wow. What a low-key expert, right, to be able to drop drop both these things while Mercury is still direct. Love that. Taylor Swift, do you have an astrologer on staff? Probably. (laughs) Um, And then let's see. And everything else is still pretty. The moon is in Gemini in the eighth house. Eighth house. Very dramatic. Again, all this, this eighth and twelfth activation, and it's definitely a very emotionally intense song. And I mean, that final like epilogue shot of the music video where it's an older Taylor Swift that actually looks like a Taylor Swift will later know in like the red era, like very well. But we see an older Taylor Swift looking at future younger freshman girls being like, yeah, learn. It's like you don't recognize it when it's just the song itself, right? But you but you see in the music video where it's like, yeah, I, the point of like she's like, yeah, I wrote this not just to remember this but also to be a cautionary tale to other teenage girls. Like that's a little dark. And it kind of hits that 8th and 12th house activation yep. houses. Yep, exactly. A little unsuspectingly dark. And also, if we're going to look at the, like, let's think of the house rulers of her 8th and her 12th. So the 8th house, she has ruled by Mercury, which, as we just were stated, has both of these, it was between a Mercury direct or Mercury retrograde when this happened. And um, also, again, she's writing a song about her inner dark feelings. Um, and then the ruled by a Libra, and then the Libra 12th house with Venus, Venus Aquarius in the fourth. And even that, a Libra 12th, like it's a song about someone she's known for a long time. And also that person's in the video. And it's like mm-hmm. she's she's talking about other people. Like this Libra, like the, the, the third person perspective of the that video was very apparent it's very interesting anyway wow interesting uh well now i just want to talk about the lyrics yeah yeah let's let's dive into the lyrics then so to all astro swifties listening to us we're gonna do a very similar format to our fearless episode um i'm gonna go 
I'm going to read out, not hopefully try not to sing along the best it's we fine. can. If you like that. Um, and then we will go lyric by lyric and pause after each uh, each verse or stanza to uh, debate yes. the astrology. Yes. So, um, so, all right. So here we go. Yes. You take a deep breath and you walk through the doors. It's the morning of your first day, of your very first day. Excuse me. You say hi to your friends you ain't seen in a while. Try and stay out of everybody's way. Mm. It's your freshman year and you're going to be here for the next four years in this town. Hoping one of those senior boys will wink at you and say, you know, I haven't seen you around before. Uh, wow. Look at that. Taylor's learning about a little bit of like boys. flirting and also boys and also how older men are going to prey on you, Taylor. And you're just going to have to be okay with it, apparently. You're going to write a lot of songs about older men. <laughs> this is not the first song she's written about older men. <laughs> Steven. We'll get there. We'll get Steven. there. I mean, Steven was older. Oh, hey, yeah. Steven. Steven. See, there you go. And it was just like a girlish crush. And that's the song right after this. Yeah. Wait, is love story? No, it's uh love <laughs> Did story. Did just fall in your house and you're alone? Yeah, um, <laughs> I have to close the window. I'm sorry, can we pause again? No, it's fine. That's so funny. No, it's my face fell over. I'll be right back. Did you see my face? I did. I was like, what? I'll be right back. Give me a second. You're fine. Aw, your poor flower. I accidentally well, bought it during a void, of course, moon also, so serves me right. Classic. Well, it's serves okay. The ghost right. of Taylor in this from this music video is trying to get you in and from this from this memory. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, back to the verse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, again, this is just very much that classic, like, all right, these older boys, and she's nervous, and it's that just that. That energy, that that nervous little new day energy. But yeah, anyway, next up, next. we go to the chorus. Because when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. And when you're 15, feeling like there's nothing to figure out, well, count to 10, take it in. This is life before you know who you're going to be. 15. Uh, when you when you say it out loud like that, it is so dark. Literally, so dark. Like it's very much a like, yeah, you know, when you're 15, you're gonna be able to so easily manipulated. Like literally, that's that's what she's saying. Which is again back to that music video of her looking at the other girls, just being like, "Don't make my mistakes." Honestly, I mean, fourth house years are pretty not dark, but I mean, if the tenth house is the public space of your chart, the fourth house is the private space. So the fourth house is something that's kind of a like it's an it's it's an angular house, but it's still kind of it's the darker one. It's the it's the bottom of the chart. It's the one that again most people aren't seeing unless you mm -hmm. are. Uh, let in. Yeah. Allowed in. Yep. And Taylor with this song is allowing us in. And uh, she's – and it, it is I, – I do – I love the 
the way that she writes this song because it's she starts this first chorus with the whole uh this is life before you know who you're gonna be and then as Mm -hmm. we know i mean i know the song so we get to kind of have this transit the way that she changes that lyric up i wasn't i didn't know who i was but anyway so we'll get there so 15 boom i mean and to go back to the chorus, this is the only time we get this type of iteration for the chorus because every time we hear the chorus, she changes a line. Yes. The so, classic little switcheroo that becomes so common in her songwriting. The Swiftian wordplay yes. of it all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, also, I forgot to mention on the first verse that she does have a town reference. However, I'm considering adding door. I think door is a word that she – yeah, there's she, a song called The Other Side of the Door. I know, right. So I'm thinking I, can, I need to add the add door because that's also something you you take a deep breath and you walk through the door. Uh, so anyway, going to do that. I thought I, it's kind of because I thought I had doors. Mm-hmm. Um, also, door looks like such a weird word when you spell it. <laughs> doors. Okay. Um, next verse. Next. You sit in class next to a redhead named Abigail, and soon enough, you're best friends. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Laughing at the other girls who think they're so cool. We'll be out of here soon as we can. And then you're on your very first date, and he's got a car, and you're feeling like flying. And your mama's waiting up, and you're thinking he's the one. And you're dancing around your room when the night ends. When the night ends. Uh, God. So this is a, definitely a more like uplifting verse. I think it mm-hmm. is the up, the only really like uplifting verse. The first verse is neutral, I think. It's very anxious. Yes. It's just anxious. Yeah. Normal butterfly nerves. But, a new, but neutral as far as like I'm feeling things, but they're not normal. Like they're not horrible things, but they're just like, okay, these things are happening to me. But now this verse, she's like, okay, now I'm doing my, actually, that's a good way to frame it. The first verse is very much things that are happening to her. This verse is things she's doing. Like she's Mm -hmm. the one with this, like her perspective. Wow. Again, it's playing with the perspectives, the Neptunian shit happening here. It's giddy and it's, it's got that it's a girlish charm. I mean, it's the girlish charm of like being like, I'm excited to have my first kiss, to go on my first date. Have like, a best friend. He's got a car. Yeah. Meeting my best friend. Oh, uh, shout out to Taylor Swift's Aquarius Venus. Laughing at the other girls who think they're so cool. We'll be out of here as soon as we can. <laughs> or not like other girls' conflicts. There's a lot of uh, talking about <laughs> other girls on this album, Taylor. A lot of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, because there's a lot. She mentions all these, like, you belong with me. You know, the other girl, the other girl thing. Like, she has that. Oh, it's such a complex. <laughs> yeah, she has. And hey, I was like, there too, girl. I've been there, Taylor. I understand. It's very specific. That line specifically, I when I was reading it before this episode, I was like, Shannon's going to have a field day with that lyric. <laughs> It's, I love it. It's very not like other girls. It's so good. Very um, yeah, and like you said, with Aquarius Venus fourth house year highlighting that Venus, there it is on display. 
There it is. And um, even the the, the 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 date and you know thinking he's the one. This is the very like the Venus verse basically because Venus too is a friendships like she's meeting her best friend, her long term best friend, but she's also supposedly on a date and he's got a car, which I put on my tally for car because that's a word. Nice. Um, and yeah. Anyway, um, before we move on, yeah. I would also like to point out. In the music video, because we watched the music video. So before I watched the music video, I just always assumed this was all about her being 15. But in the music video, it's Abigail going yeah. on a date and being in the car and kissing the boys. And it definitely made me have to reevaluate my perception of the song because I was like, wait a minute, like maybe this isn't even, maybe some of this details isn't even her details. Yep. Again, it's Abigail's. <sighs> Neptune transiting that fourth. I think, ooh, we are onto something here because And then Chiron and also Chiron. Yep. No one knows exactly what what event is actually attributed to either Taylor or to Abigail. And it's brilliant for Taylor too, as someone with that fourth house Venus and a Scorpio rising, trying to be private. And so she's trying to In plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. I know she's hot. She's telling she the story, but later. she's purposely hiding it enough that we don't actually know what happened. Mm. God, it's not the Isn't first it? time she'll mention hiding in plain sight, but we'll get there. That's another we'll season. There. Um. Anyway, so but since we're since we're talking about Abigail, before we jump to the chorus, you want to look at Abigail's chart? I sure do. So for everyone listening, um, I pulled two charts. The first one is for Abigail Anderson, the infamous redheaded Abigail. Soon enough, Taylor Swift's best friend. Um, her birthday is April 4, 1990. She was born in Henderson, Tennessee. This is all Googleable. Uh, did not go Scorpio Mercury and stalk the crap out of her. So, you know, just a right. normal level of Google research. And also, when you're a friend of a global superstar, this information is going to end up being available somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, we do not have an exact birth time for Abigail. So anything with like houses, ascendant, midheaven, descendant is really going to be – it's going to be complete conjecture, like a total theory. We won't really be able to say – we could have suspicions um, given what we know about her – but for the most part, we're going to be really looking at planetary placements and within the signs, not necessarily in the houses. And thankfully, um, she has a moon that is pretty much in the dead center of the degree. So either if she's even if she's born in like a early time of the day, late time of the day, that moon is solid. Like she's a Leo moon. <laughs> so Shannon, I have a question as um, as an astrologer. If you were to look at someone's chart and they don't have a birth time, what is kind of your framework for listeners and for me to kind of dissect and kind of understand what's going on in the chart yeah so um obviously you like we said you can't look at houses uh Mm -hmm. you have to just be able to look at the planets only and so with that being said you can really hyper focus on what the planets themselves mean because fun fact everybody the signs derive meaning from the 12 houses so like and that's why people kind of sometimes can associate them like aries first house Taurus second house like they you can kind of do that but they assume that it's the sign doing the house and i'm like no 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 no. the house has been that way the signs 
have derived meaning from the houses. So what you can do is you can just look at the, the, the planets and the signs that those planets are in. And you can, again, hyper-focus on the meaning of the planets because those planetary meanings will be key in your chart no matter what. And you can look at the aspects that they make to other planets. The only one that you can kind of be a little looser on with the aspect is the moon because if she's born in the middle of the day versus the end of the day versus the beginning of the day, the moon could move a few degrees. So that being said, it could like separate from an aspect or apply to a different aspect, uh, that kind of thing. It'll still be the same sign, but for instance, it could be exact with some, like we don't know if the moon is exact opposite. Uh, for instance, she's got a Mars Aquarius. So moon and Leo could be exact Mars Aquarius, uh, but we don't know. But that being said, all the other things, you can still look at those aspects, which also the aspects are like some of the most personal parts of astrology. Um, when you mm-hmm. can put the house meanings in them, it's obviously deeply more personal. But yeah. And if you're trying to uh, rectify charts, as in rectify means if you don't have a birth time and you literally never will have one. Like so a lot of adopted, uh, a lot of people who are adopted, uh, a lot of people who just don't know their birth time, hospital didn't write it down, parents don't remember. Weren't parents. born in a hospital or, in general. Exactly. Like weren't born somewhere that they have a recorded birth time and who knows. You can still play the like rectification game. game and you can kind of turn the wheel essentially. You're turning the chart wheel and you're able to kind of – you're able to kind of be, maybe guess like – I mean we were playing the guessing game kind of with the beginning of the, the first episode with Taylor's chart since we – no wish that she's a Scorpio rising, but she may not be because we're not 100% sure. So we were kind of doing the whole back and forth of, well, if she was this rising or this rising. But anyway, that being said, we could make guesses on Abigail's rising based on her relationship to Taylor, based mm-hmm. on life events that she's had that are public, right? Major life events that we might know of hers. Um, we can guess it on like her job. I mean – Career is a really good one because it's pretty general. I mean, it's, it seems general, but having a career, like a very, especially post-Saturn return career, you're able to kind of pinpoint like where things fall and how it works. Like our 10th house is being ruled by Jupiter and both of us have very Jupiterian jobs in different ways. Uh, so it's like, you can kind of play that. But anyway, that being said, we're just going to get to look at Abigail's planets. Maybe we'll play a little guessing game on her rising sign at some point. But I need more information on her. I don't have a ton of info. But that being said, because we have a Taylor birth time that we're using, obviously we don't know if it's exact. But because we have that birth time, we're able to put Abigail's chart on top of Taylor's and see where all of Abigail's planets fall in Taylor's chart, which is very helpful and very good. You can pretty much do that. That's Decent enough synastry. So mm-hmm. anyway, let's talk about Abigail's chart. Yeah, let's talk about Abigail's so, chart. So <laughs> why don't you lead? Her, you lead. Her, I just am laughing because Taylor loves Aries. <laughs> yeah. Jack Antonoff's an Aries. Oh, man. She loves them. Uh, which one? It's not Aaron. Aaron, Aaron is – no. One of them is another Aries. Not Justin Vernon. Uh, one of those I, think, I think Aaron Desner is not Aaron. Fuck, I don't remember. Or, no, no, I'm pretty, no I, Aaron Desner is – no, Aaron Desner. I have his chart on uh, – I'm checking Libra, right now. Libra. No, Aaron Desner. 
I'm trying to remember. No, Aaron Desner is a Taurus. Oh, yeah. Justin okay. Vernon is the Libra. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But Jack Antonoff is an, also an Aries. Wow. I mean, yeah. I know. Her musical soulmate. Her. Right. Yeah. Jack and Taylor make insanely good music together. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so beca- also because I think that Aaron Desner is like a good new vibe for her. Like her like folky, like getting into that range. But Jack was her like pop is the pop duo and jack can do anything like any type of music you hand to him go ahead well uh aries connection for aaron desner aries Aries. venus Uh... aries venus there it is that aries venus ruling his taurus stellium of a uh yes we will talk about aaron Many, in later eras. Yeah, later eras. But anyway, but that being very said, fascinating. Abigail is an Aries sun and a Leo moon. And as we don't know, we don't know her rising sign. Uh, but something about me makes me think that she wouldn't be a fire. The only fire rising I think I could maybe see for her is Leo. Yes. I was also thinking hair. Leo. Um, yes. Because of the hair. Exactly. Exactly. The other rising I'd like to throw out throw it. is Cancer Rising because it's believed that she's currently going through a divorce. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So that yeah, would yeah, put yeah. Saturn in the seventh house. Yeah. And oppose Saturn divorce. Well, because – Oh, that's well, what, but, but Saturn is pretty deeply in Aquarius right now. No, but I'm saying – no, but it was going – like – the theory is happiness is about Abigail. Okay. Oh, so it was going happiness on in 2020. Off- and- yeah. Oh, and now it's the post-divorce eighth house stuff where you're yes. working them. That's out. the theory. That's the theory, Abigail. If it's true or not, we we just want you to be happy. We just yeah, want you happy. to be happy. So, But intriguing. Okay. But intriguing. So that's my theory is Cancer Rising. Yeah. Cap. Okay. Cancer Rising. I mean, would put Saturn in the seventh house. Cancer Rising would be some great sinistry for Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But anyway, so the, okay. So Sun and Aries and Moon and Leo. Uh, and she is a zero degree Taurus Mercury, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, Mercury moves not fast, like fast, but not like that fast. Like it might have been. In 29 degrees Aries for her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe. Taurus Mercury seems – something about that seems more correct. Also, wait. Taurus Mercury and Mercury in Taylor's seventh house. And they were and writing she writes the about, about her. And during yeah. the Fearless era, which was the seventh yep. house perfection year for Taylor. Yup. 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 Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and then let's see. Now she's got a – so that – okay. Taurus Mercury – and then a shocking uh, Venus Aquarius. And North Node. And North Node. Well, yeah, I mean, because they're the same age. So, mm-hmm. um, but a Venus Aquarius is very funny to me, of course, because, well, Taylor loves him. Oh, and then also Not another. Not like other girls. And another Aquarius Venus of this time period was Joe Jonas. <laughs> I thought it was a Leo Venus. Oh, no, he, you're right. I keep forgetting. I always give him Aquarius energy, but it's Sophie with the Aquarius energy. He's the Leo. Goddamn. We're fine. That's fine. 
I have too many charts in my brain at all times. Okay. Um, Joe Jonas is a Leo is a Leo man just l- running after um, Mar- Martian women. Literally. That's that's how I think of Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas is just always running after the pain of loving a Martian woman that's going to dunk on him. Honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think in my head. <laughs> he's truly a Leo. But anyway, so then she's got Aquarius Mars, which mm-hmm. is a little different. And then... And they're not exact conjunct, which I think yeah, is interesting. They're not. They're kind of far enough. They they're not aspecting each other. And they're not aspecting Taylor's Venus because it, yeah, her, Ven- her, her Aquarius Venus is, Venus like is at one degree. One degree, yeah. Um, but her, Abigail's Venus is aspecting her moon. Uh, so Leo moon opposite. So the Leo moon mid somewhere in the mid transit opposite 17 degree Mars. So that moon Mars opposition in her versus what the uh, Mars ruled Taylor, but with moon Saturn instead. So Abigail's the Mars malefic person and Taylor is the Saturn malefic person. Interesting. Even though Taylor's ruled by Mars. But uh, if she's Scorpio rising. And then everything Mm -hmm. else is the same as Taylor. Jupiter, Cancer, Saturn, Capricorn, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, or Capricorn, Uranus, Neptune, and then Scorpio, Pluto. So, Oh, you know what's interesting? We were just talking about how we don't have the – we don't have the firmest details on Abigail's like – I don't want to say trauma, but like the stuff Abigail has been to, specific, very specific details of Abigail's like coming age of like things she went through in 15 – and now as an adult, like there's rumors that she she's going through a divorce, which heart goes out with you, Abigail, if that that is true. And what's going on with her Chiron? It's opposite. It's opposite her Neptune. Yeah. Capricorn Neptune. Opposite Capricorn Neptune. So again, the Neptunian influence on Abigail related songs where we don't have exactly the right details or just like it's a very unclear timeline unclear um yeah unclear details like we get the gist of it but purposely things are hidden in plain sight so we can't yep know exactly what happened exactly wow i just Mm -hmm. i just scrolled to the sinistry chart a lot yes let's jump ahead to the sinistry a lot of conjunctions here So first conjunction I'm seeing is that Mars exact on uh, Taylor's North Node, which again is wild to me because Abigail was the subject of this song and which was released about a fourth house perfection year. And Taylor has North Node in the fourth with Abigail's Mars there natally. Mm -hmm. Exactly on the North Node, like exact. Oh, wow. And also that their Venuses are on opposite Uh, ends of the Aquarius cycle. And how, like, they experience very similar love stories, but totally different um, resolutions, I guess, is the correct word for it. But kind of like... approaches. I mean, like, if you think about it, Taylor wasn't... Like, she was dating, but she wasn't having these experiences that Abigail was having. Because, again, if you think about Abigail having a later degree Venus, like, that Venus planet has gone through the transit more. So, if anything, you could, like, it's had more lessons. Plus, she's got, like, a 28 degree Venus. So, it's just, like, that last bit of drip of the Venus. Like, okay, here's the last bit of the lessons. Whereas Taylor's Venus being so early is, like, I haven't learned any of these lessons yet. And I'm the fresh one. I'm the baby. I'm the Aquarius mm-hmm. Venus baby. 
So that's why, again, she's kind of not like adm- admi- admiring Abigail in this song, but it's very much like a, I'm writing about this person. Uh, someone's like, Abigail yeah. is like the guide to this fourth house perfection yes. here for and them. Like Abigail's leading, which, ha, huh, Aries being the leader. Truly, <laughs> Aries in the sixth, and then Taurus, Mercury in the seventh. And then I think it's another thing is her Jupiter. So again, both both Taylor and Abigail have Jupiter Cancer, but Taylor's Jupiter is retrograde in Cancer, and Abigail's Jupiter is right on Taylor's moon. So it's very much that, like, moon Jupiter is very best friend energy to me. Like, having that kind of sinistry together is because it's just, like... And they met in high school. Yeah, the ninth house of Taylor on. Oh, this is so cute. This is adorable. Great. Wow. Well, very. I love it. I don't have a lot more to say because I feel like I kind of covered half of it. But Abigail is definitely big best friend energy. And now I will, we will, there will, I'm sure she'll come up again. But oh, well, I mean, Abigail's moon would then fall in Taylor's 10th house. And how Taylor would take Abigail to award shows as her plus one. And that Leo moon is probably like, yes, I'm on the red carpet. Yes, I'm in a nice dress. Yes, Taylor's stylist just did my makeup and hair. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. Every time Taylor drops a new album, Abigail. Gail always makes an Instagram post about it. So it's cute. like the cutest energy. And I think about um because we see we do see Abigail for a little bit in Miss Americana. Um, they're having dinner yeah. together. It's really like it's it's just really cute to see these two lifelong friends just like grow old together, especially from like how we saw them filming the 15 music video and Abigail makes appearances. And a couple more, a couple yeah. more music videos. Like said episodes um, might as well be episodes of the Taylor Show. She will make appearances in the episode, but um, oh no, I meant episodes so like TV episode. Like you were about to say episode instead of music video because it's like it might as well be another episode of the Taylor fucking Taylor Swift show. Yeah, might as well. Um, also, I think about like little ways Taylor. You know, it's beautiful that they have a Moon Jupiter because it's both like. It's a lot of receptive and also like Jupiter is uh, is abundance, but without like boundaries, it can just go completely haywire. And it's beautiful that like Taylor's fame, like we've never heard of spats between them. Right. Anything. Nothing. We never heard it. And then no girl two, drama, quote unquote. Yeah. Number two, the thing that I am immediately remembering is I think it was for like Abigail's like 21st or 25th birthday. It was one of her birthdays. Um Taylor Swift got uh, Chris Cab- uh, I forget his last name uh, Cabrera the the lead singer of Dashboard Confessional to sing hands down at Abigail's birthday oh that's right and I, then that's at, so cute also then, what a throwback yeah and then at um, Abigail's wedding Taylor was obviously a bridesmaid but like it wasn't like purposely made it so it wasn't like all about taylor at abigail's wedding like you know people tried to find clips of taylor swift's like maid of honor bridesmaid speech no one could find it online like media tried to cover it and like all you see is just like taylor swift in the background that is that is some peak synastry right there that is some peak venus fourth scorpio rising energy from taylor just beautiful oh i love looking at this synastry it's like it's warmed my heart, and it's warmed Bestie. my heart very much. Aww. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm so happy she has a best. You know, it's nice to have a friend, as she later says in her Lover album. Oh, it's nice yeah. to have a friend. It's nice to have a friend. 
<laughs> anyway. All right. But yeah, back so to the lyrics. So with chorus. Back to the lyrics. Chorus after when the night ends, when the night ends. And then this is when she also starts, heads up, this is when she starts playing around with the lyrics of the chorus. Uh, The Swiftian wordplay of it all. Yep. Mm. So. Now. Because when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. And when you're 15 and your first kiss makes your head spin round, but in your life, you'll do things greater than dating the boy on the football team. But I didn't know it at 15. But I didn't know it. At- Though I love the way she sings that lyric in the, at least in the original, and she does do it the same uh, emphasis. But the way she just, she's like, versus the front front chorus, which is just fifteen. Like she's just like, okay, we're hopeful, and then she's like, I didn't know it at fifth. Like she kind of like leans into it, and I just, I don't know, I just love the way she sings that line. Not no astrological thought on it. Other than just mm-hmm. that she I love again, this is this is my favorite stuff that she does with her writing is her little switcheroos with her lyrics and the way that she can tell deeper stories because I I think that the classic formula of pop when Taylor was around was the more fearless song where it was like the choruses are the same. There's two verses, two verses and a bridge and a chorus. And it's all the same. It's a formula. And I think that Taylor was kind of not the first person. I mean, there's tons of artists, but she was one of the like main big big songwriters at the time to kind of throw it out there and be like, no, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm changing the idea of what a chorus should sound like, but I'm going to give you fearless first on the album. So you get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. All right. I mean, there's something quintessentially Amer- teenage American about like, yeah, I didn't think I'd do anything greater than dating the boy on the football team. It's again, this girlish teenage blossoming. Um, not nearly as dark either. I mean, we said like, again, this is the part of the song that's just like giddish, innocent joy. Yeah, but I this, know. But this part does not, it does get a little, it's not like dark. But it's definitely like, um, but it's not like bright yellow, yeah, right? Because it's like you'll do things greater than dating this boy on the football team, like. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that at fifteen, like you know. So it's not. It's that energy of like, yeah, you. I'm not faulting myself, my fifteen-year-old self, for not knowing this, but I'm also not. I realize now that I wouldn't have wanted that for myself if I had a better perspective, which Cancer Moon, we got to love that perspective, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a it's a it's a spice of cynicism, but also like just general like coming of age awareness, which is again very beautiful about the song. Yeah. So I agree. Um Cool. And uh to the bridge? Yeah. Or, well, no, oh, I'm, did you I'm some- looking I thought I had a I feel like I have one more thought, but I feel like it's also gone. Uh, cool. Yeah, whatever. That's okay. The first kid. To the bridge. Yeah, to the bridge. With all you wanted is to. This is great. Ugh, this is just such a good part of the song. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, go ahead. When all you wanted was to be wanted, wish you could go back and tell yourself what you know now. Back then, I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. And Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind. And we both cried. 
<sighs> oh, that bridge hurts. It does because it's like, you know, not only it's like when all you want. This one is though also okay, tense, tense problems because it's when all you wanted was to be wanted. Abigail, meh. Wish you could go Maybe back and too? tell your right, but wish you could go back and tell yourself what you know now. Abigail still like are we talking? But then she goes, but that then I swore I was gonna marry him someday. But that, but but we're talking about so Abigail like, in this course. Like, are we saying I like again? The, t- the tense situation is very fluid mm-hmm. here, and I think it. Yeah, good. Oh, I was gonna say it seems like Taylor was the one who was dating the football player, but Abigail was the one getting her heart broken. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, cool. I can see it. Yeah. But yeah, again, the tenses are changing. So it's that Neptunian, just like we don't, we have an idea of what happened, but we don't know which, which woman it, it, it happened yeah. to, which, which girl, which teenage girl it happened to. Was it Abigail? Is it, this an Abigail de- detail or is this a Taylor detail? And just like now that I'm thinking about it, it's just so genius the way she intertwines these details that I think written by anyone else who wasn't in charge of this narrative, we would have known so many, so much more. But yeah. she's very deliberate in what details she's sharing. And the tent, the tent switching is on purpose. Well, I totally believe it's on purpose. I agree. To hide, to have that level, to share this level of intimacy, but still have a boundary of like how much will the public know. Mm-hmm. And I think also, so, which everything you just said is very Scorpio rising. Like giving that mm-hmm. energy of I'm going to show people my public persona, which is going to be grand because I'm going to have a Leo 10th house. But that Scorpio rising is like, but you don't really know the actual details. Like I'm choosing to show you what I want. Like I'm constructing this image and be Virgo, Virgo midheaven for Taylor. Like she's constructing it hardcore. But with this lyrics, I'm also thinking about the way the song's construction beca- constructed because it goes, when all you wanted was to be wanted, wished you could go back and tell yourself what you know now. And then it's like a dot, 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 da-da-da. Like the music start- happens. And then the, back then I swore I was going to marry him. Like that's then starts. So it's like not a full break, which is why it's kind of like lumped together. But it is that like a measure or two where it's just like okay we're not singing so i wonder if that is a separation of when all you want like so if maybe when all you wanted was to be wanted wish you could go back and tell yourself what you know now could be again about her and taylor because it's kind of broad but then i her and abigail maybe maybe, i mean yeah her and abigail um but but then with the back then maybe that part is where she's i'm singing about me back then i swore i was going to marry him but then i realized some bigger dreams of mine which i always associated that part as fame right like mm-hmm. thought i was going to be with him venus or aquarius in the fourth house but i real <sighs> what oh my god back then i swore i was going to marry him someday aquarius venus in the fourth house but i realized some bigger dreams of mine aquarius north node in the fourth house <gasps> Oh, Shannon, that is excellent. Right? Like in that fourth house perfection year of 15, like she literally was like, yeah, I thought I maybe would be all over the boys, but I actually realized these other things I want to be doing. (sighs) And they're bigger than what I could have imagined. Yep. And then then she changed the tense because it says, and 
Abigail gave. It's that quick and that shows me that I'm like, okay, maybe she is. And because if anything, it could have been, think about it. It without the with 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 songs, you have to kind of cut a few words every once in a while when you could say them out loud. Cause like I said, and then Ab- Abigail gave, but she says and Abigail gave. So it's like she I think maybe the and is the separation of Abigail did the thing, gave everything she had to a boy change his mind, and then we both cried over the fact that I thought I was gonna marry him, but I realized this. She did this, and then we did this together. Oh, I always interpreted it as them both crying about Abigail giving everything she had. Too, I think that Taylor's a Cancer Moon and cries with people crying with her. Yeah, (laughs) she's like a sympathy crier. Like if you cry, I cry. Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So I definitely agree. I'm looking on the we both cried, but I also think it could maybe cover all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyway, all right, and then wow, that bridge. It is intense and again the, the 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 coloring behind the music video makes sense more because of how dark this song kind of really is yeah and then we get the last chorus which is once again similar to the last two is has a couple additions to it to reflect the passage of time and the things she's learned so the last time we hear the chorus is because when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you you're going to believe them. And when you're 15, don't forget to look before you fall. I found time can heal most anything, and you just might find who you're supposed to be. I didn't know who I was supposed to be at 15. Mm. Oh, that Saturn rules, playing with time, looking back, retrospective. That's what that jumps out to me, yep. that this is a post-Saturn transit look back and being like, well, what did I learn from this? Yep. When you're, yeah, don't forget to look before you fall. It's literally telling you like before you fall in love, make sure you pay attention to like what you're getting yourself into. It's that Saturnian Venus preparation we all have to learn. As fellow Saturn Venuses, I also feel like I had this point of feeling like, okay, be careful, wary. We're not just going to fall for anybody. Okay. Be Uh, wise. And then just further exasperating the Saturnian Venus. Yeah. The Saturnian Venus perspective. I found time can heal most anything. And you might just find out who you're supposed to be. Going back to what you discovered in the bridge, Venus, Venus North Node in that fourth house, North in that fourth house Aquarius. So not only did she learn about like love and about how time can heal most anything, she ended up learning who she's supposed to be. Yeah. And ultimately, she didn't even know who she was supposed to be at 15 because she's vastly different than what she is now. At the time of the writing, which was 18, and then we jumped even more to the re-records to now in her 30s. Literally, this is the beauty of the Saturn transits, right? They hurt, but they, hurt. they, they can hurt. But they're con- if you use it constructively, it is beautiful to look back. Yeah, and 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 important to be able to recognize like the events that trigger the lessons because when those events come around again it's like all right i've worked on this before and now it's Mm -hmm. time to try to do it again with this new healed knowledge hence the i found time can heal most anything and you might find who you're supposed to be but i and yeah i just 
and I think that I and you just might find who you're supposed to be uh might is kind of like a I can't decide if it's a look back or if it's a look forward right I mean she's playing with time it's everything it's a look forward it's an in the moment and it's a look back She's playing with time in a way that um, she's just playing with time. Yeah. Completely. Sure. Like tenses are all over the place. Uh, the, the courses she aren't the same thing twice. Uh, she's looking at things in the moment because she's reliving things, but it's also a look back at things. And then she's looking forward because she's like, she's writing this at 18, looking back at 18, at, at a, a year when she was 15. But also like looking forward to who she's gonna be maybe in the future. Taylor's this is a song where like time time is just like wavy and all over the place. Yeah. And it's ta- it's Taylor's story and she's gonna tell it in whatever order and tense she wants. Hell yeah. And then she just then she just post course outros us. La 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 <laughs> And then she does this cute little la 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 like this cute little layer of the lalas on top yeah. of each other. It's really cute. It's a nice little texture that I appreciate, particularly because it's so acoustic based and you know, it's just her singing. So when you do get to hear that background voice layering on top as a way to inform us of the resolution, it's really it's a very wholesome moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then she has the, yeah, your very first day, the, the outro part where she speaks to the girl in the music video. Mm-hmm. And it's the same line. It's the same first line. It's the first line of the verse first repeated over and over. Just like take a deep breath, take a deep breath as you walk through the doors. But it's a different perspective as when we started this journey with her at the beginning of the song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ugh, love that. I love a full circle. Love how she brings us back around. So good. She's good. Ah, uh, wow. What a song. What a what, what a song. Oof. She again. That was a lot. A plus a dense song. A plus writing. Like she, her songwriting was next level. Been next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very dense song. Oh yeah, lot to cover. Lot to unpack. And a lot of very interesting options for lyrics to go with placements. Oh, yes, because we're now at our Yay. next segment, On the Nose Astrology. Um, let's pick some lyrics. Like, there are so many lyrics. So just in general, as we go through, what are some that right off the bat you're like, this is a front runner for an On the Nose Astrology moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to start – from the top uh definitely the um <laughs> the hang on sorry wow da, 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 da. so i mean the obvious uh the very obvious of laughing at those other girls who think they're so cool that aquarius venus energy uh peak but then there's also and your mama's waiting up uh just that one little bit hello cancer moon <sighs> just gotta love it and, then, and dancing around in your room when the night ends. Oh, that that little line. I see that now. Yeah, that, right. that was not a pick I was going to make. I'm so that was a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Um, do you have any other picks from the second half of the song? Um, in the second half of the song, so, so after too, yeah. the bridge, or no, just like after. I mean, I had what at the verse two because I was like, and then because when you're 15, and somebody tells you they love you, and yeah, first kiss, head spin round. Mm. 
I mean, I think you hit it really well when you what with back then I swore I was going to marry him someday and I realized some bigger dreams of mine. Yeah, I think I think that Which, is like my That's a really pick. good one. Like I think that has to be my pick cuz I like that but I also mm-hmm. like you know, I like the, the chorus. I mean, the chorus, the way that she, even the simple parts, the 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 look back. I mean, just like Saturn in general, her Capricorn Saturn being like time can heal most things. Venus Saturn, a, a Saturnian Venus saying that, like that at, at at fifteen, even though she's writing it at seventeen or something, whatever. You know, it's still a very intense thing to be able to write about yourself as a teenager at such a young age Saturn Venus energy shit what what perspective she had at that age intense I think if if it's not back then I swore I was going to marry him someday but I realized some bigger dreams of mine the sister lyric to that is in the chorus as we alluded and it's um I found time can heal most anything and you might just you just might find who you're supposed to be yeah I think those are like the competing top two, which is hard because they are they're sister lyrics in my head. Yeah, I agree. Well, I also think and you might just find who you're supposed to be. I didn't know who I was supposed to be. That also that is very so like that's very sun energy to me because mutable sun, Sagittarius, we are especially god, oh my god, the amount of identities I've taken on in my life since I was high school me would not recognize me right now. At all. Same, same, so, same. So it's it's interesting because and the other thing too, anytime identity is kind of brought into the conversation, it is a sun thing. Um, yes. But the time, time, because I think – and I found time can heal most anything, Saturn, and you just might find who you're supposed to be. Like I think that that's the, the Sagittarius-ness of her kind of being like – I'm trying to find, figure out who I'm supposed to be, but I don't know. And no one's supposed to know. Am I supposed to know? Sagittarius, we want to know it all. We are Mm -hmm. dying when we don't know it all. It's absurd. But yeah, all right. So this is hard. The top lyric for that. I, I, I have to go with the, Realize some bigger dreams of mine being the Aquarius North Node uh, during the perfection mm-hmm. year with the Venus transit, that coupled with the Venus no- North Node. Those two lyrics of uh, back then I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I big- figured out some bigger dreams of mine. It hits two planets, or not planets, but placements, two placements. In her 4,000. Yeah, I mean, the sister. The sister lyric is really is a really strong contender because it has that mutability of um, of her son and identity, but just the fact that she wrote this about a fourth house year God. activating that Aquarius North Node and Aquarius Venus, and both planets are hit, and it's all a retrospective of the lessons from that year. I agree. I think that is the top pick. Or 15. I love that. Back then, I swore I was going to marry him someday, Venus, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. North Node. North Node. Working together, marrying the two difficult lessons that she learned in this fourth house perfection year, getting them to partner up to that lyric. Yep. So good. Perfect. So good. Uh, ah. Love that. Plus, if you think about it too, that the the time lyric, the I found time can heal most anything is also Saturn ruled perfection year. She is like the Saturn stuff is very present. So it's like the perfect runner up. 
Yeah. Gosh. What a again. That was a hard runner up song. Yeah. That was that's like it's like almost tied to me. Almost. And then and then the third a uh, very good third place is laughing at all the other girls who think they're so yeah, cool. She, we'll be her, out here as soon as I can. Her Aquarius. As soon as we can. Her Aquarius Venus is gonna be all over the place. So it won't be hard to find more lyrics for that. <laughs> yeah. So but finding something that kind of so perfectly embodies her north node, I feel like is so good. Kudos, Shan. Kudos. You know, pat myself on the back. But (laughs) anyway, so how do you uh, how do you feel about your fifteen year old self? Oh my god, my fifteen year old (laughs) self. Oh, Emmy, that is what I call my inner child because uh, when I was growing up, everyone called me Emmy, especially in the marching band. And depending on how you spelled Emmy. That indicated how you met me. Oh. One M was family. Uh, two M's was high school band. And then if you spelled it E-M-M-I-E, you were my high, my serious high school boyfriend that went from being the light of my life to the bane of my existence in college. Um, yeah. So um, so to, to little Emmy, to little Emmy at 15, I feel like – I feel like this song because it came out before we were fifteen. Um, no, it came out. Oh no, it came out when we were fifteen. Because oh, that's it came right. out before because because it came out when she was l- older and she's yeah. barely older than us. I feel like the song really hit. I mean, I was not. I was a total nerd, so I was Same. not dating oh, the, well, was the football dating. team. Like when I remember hearing that line, the football the 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 star of the football team. I remember hearing that line and being like, I can't relate, Taylor. I can't, I can't relate to this line whatsoever. Like, I I don't even look at the football players. Like, I actively, like, we just, yeah, like, either. parallel lines. We never interact. Um, but, I mean, a young, a young Emmy was just really just trying to fit in. Like, that anxiety about, like, just trying to take a deep breath. That whole force chorus in particular really – meant a lot to me which i know we didn't talk too much about the first course just because there's like just so much to process and delve into in the later quarters but just like just trying to take a deep breath and walk through the doors and say hi to people you haven't seen in a while try and stay out of everybody's way it was peak me with my cancer mars just trying to stay out of everyone's way and inevitably i would not be able to stay out of everyone's way um I don't know if you had this issue, but like I always tried to blend in and hide and I always just stuck out like a th- sore thumb. I, there's a lot of factors to you why have... I did. I was very loud. I was yes. brown. Uh, I was incredibly competitive and driven. So a lot of reasons why I would stick out like a sore thumb in high school. But yeah. I'm curious if you had a similar issue. Twin. I think it's funny because you, as you said, you're brown. I am white, but I am tall. And I know that sounds so dumb. I'm not saying that I'm discriminated because I'm tall, but it's more of like I stuck out because I was so much taller than most of the boys at 15 mm-hmm. because I have been 5'8 since I was in seventh grade. Wow. I know. I remember to this day in my brain being measured in my like college – not college <sighs> – LOL. Uh, my uh, science teacher, like seventh grade science class, we were just like doing something about height or whatever. And I was measured and I remember my teacher being like, it's 5'8". Wow. <laughs> just a quick, <laughs> just a quick 
response and then it was on but i remember so so it's like seared just it's like like, seared into your memory because i was so emily i was so tall compared the boy boys were barely five one five two at this point i mean i'm in middle school that's what i'm saying like i was so tall Shannon, I have also been the same height since eighth grade, but I've been five two. Well, and (laughs) And I'm only going to get shorter. And like you also said, I was loud. I was driven. I was blunt. All of those other things you said was exactly me. Like other than the difference of the of 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 you being brown and me being tall. Like because everything else was the same. And so because you are, yeah, you are of another race, right? And I am white so it's like but i'm also was like phys- being physically larger than people is so stressful because people just especially in high school oh my god the bullying I, and i mean this isn't a drag on our charts but i have enough self-awareness now to be able to be Dude, like I, I was really intense i was so like, intense. i mean Me we're Mer- we're we're gemini rising so ruled by a scorpio mercury and we have mercury conjunct pluto like we are intense people and that's a great that's a great thing that can be a great thing but like when trying to navigate that intensity and high energy um especially as a teenager like it can be really rough um really so so yeah self-drag uh i am i can't speak for shannon but i am very aware that i am a pretty intense human being Uh, i heard that a lot when i was growing up yeah so yeah the try and stay out of everybody's way but fail miserably to stay out of everybody's way really hits young Emmy in a really Aww, hard way. Oh, baby Emmy. Oh, thank you. Uh, my a my original aim was like Lil Emmy. Also, Stop, so cute. Yeah, yeah. Mine was thank you. Mine was Shay Bell. <laughs> oh, so cute. One of my friends would call me Shay. I had a million nicknames when I was younger. Uh, probably mm-hmm. the Mercury energy. Uh, yeah, I had a million, uh, million nicknames. And but one of my friends when I was in middle school and like very early high school was uh, she called me Shea Bell. And so I would, mm-hmm. I made that. That was my aim for a little while, and then I changed it to something else. Who knows? But that's so cute. I always thought it was so dorky because people were like, "What does that even mean, Shay?" And I'm like, Shannon, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm cool. I'm so cool. Well, what would you say to a young Shaybell? God. To young Shaybell. Can we say- call our inner child by the nicknames we have? Aww. Yeah. Little Emmy. Little Emmy and Shaybell. That's so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, yes, to Lil Shaybell. Um, I. I, uh, it's funny because you say you weren't really like dating or anything yet at the time, but I wasn't dating a football player, but my first boyfriend was at 15 and mm-hmm. he was an Aries, <laughs> <laughs> like Abigail. Uh, so oh my gosh. it's funny that like, I, I, so you, you, you were literally like, yeah, I know when I'm being intense and I'm being a lot. I was intense with him <laughs> intense like oh boy and, and and i we were we were like on and off and we would argue on aim all the time and 
but wow. we would on the phone and he would like i said on the last episode he would drive me around on the his prop where the where he lived on this property with his car with his parents car and it was just like using that car for privacy so we could fight but then also so we could make out vigorously and hook up in the back seat and like it was like 15 really was when i was like actually kind of like coming to grips with my sexuality and not sexuality in terms of like being queer because that is something that happened to me later but um just like how i was interacting and flirting with boys like because again up until being 15 a boy had never looked at me and been like shannon you're hot i had never oh my god thanks but i looked like this when i was a teenager so (laughs) so it's not to say i wasn't hot i was just not noticed i was not ready that they were not ready for me my hotness <laughs> the amount of people that from my high school that have since come out and been like oh yeah i thought you were so whatever but i'm like oh why didn't you say something but yeah yeah sure whatever no i think it's because i think i'm hot now which i am i've had a glow up when i was young i just was i had the middle i had a middle part i uh was very poorly dressed oh god peak did you have a glow up pre or pre during or post college during but definitely post like clearly during was the kind of i thought i was having a glow up during college but i didn't have my glow up like really until like my third house year yeah yeah it's funny because leo leo third house glow up baby (laughs) i feel like my i feel like for me i i had a mini glow up my final my last semester of college because i was finally like I'm free. I've got everything done. It's time to go. Um, and then it was similar to you. I feel like I really just came into my face a lot more. Yeah. During yes. that third house. Leo. Yeah, for real. But I came into my face. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I as far as you know, talking to my past self, I would definitely say like it is okay to slow down because that was my thing. Is like you said you were like, I was trying to stay out of everybody's way. I was not. I was not. I wasn't. I mean, I was nervous to get in certain people's way, but not anybody mm-hmm. in general. And I was very much like every anywhere I needed to be, and I didn't give a shit. I still kind of don't. Yeah. But I was. I was a little chaotic, so it's. Uh, I wish that I could kind of tell myself that, like, because the other the other weird part of it is that, like, my mother Sag Moon to my sex mm-hmm. son. She called out very early on that I was like super intense and smothery and and, and all over people, which yeah. is it. But she didn't call it out in a nice way, really. <laughs> she was just like, "You need to calm down." Yeah, you need to calm down. Um, You're being too loud. The, that song speaks to me. Yeah, so deeply. It is a Sagittarius anthem for that reason. Yeah, it's a bop. Um, but yeah, so I definitely wish I could like say like it's okay to know that you're intense but not to have to like force that intensity on everybody because I also now as an adult like can recognize when I'm talking to someone who can get like intense deep dive on a topic like you and I do or like Olivia and I can have these kinds of really cool and deep conversations that are like super focused fixated on something like that is very fixed mercury energy where we're just like obsessed with one pluto too we are obsessed with one thing 
really intensely at the time, but then it kind of goes away eventually. Like then, mm-hmm. then we're on to something else. So anyway, uh, I do, yeah, it's okay, Shannon. Shaybell, it's okay to be a little more relaxed. Uh, yeah, and to not put your excess energy into everybody and to just let it happen. <laughs> I'm curious because, like, now I'm thinking because I think my try and stay out of everyone's way. For me, because things were so competitive with other classmates, the tr- it was I was similar to you where I was like, no, I'm going to stand out. But there were other times I was like, I want to try and stay out of everyone's way because everyone's getting mad at me for doing well. And I yeah. want everyone to just like me. So I don't want to do that well Aww. because I want everyone to like me. Um, and I'm curious, the the it was almost like we had opposite reactions to being told we were intense like you leaned more into it and I was like let me tone myself down so everyone likes me I'm curious where with the leaning in was it because of some of the things your mother had said or was it just a combination of yeah just like, probably do you, th- do you think you would have done it anyway without your mom saying anything yeah I definitely think that I just didn't I was very I mean I was very Sagittarius when I was young and the fact that I just was like what do you mean you don't also want to talk about this crazy intense thing you know what I mean like what do you mean you don't also feel that way like it's hard it was hard for me to separate my experiences via from other people and Mm -hmm. which is why I'm actually really focused on that nowadays as an adult is to try to recognize like that other people are experiencing things that I will literally never know of because no person experiences the exact same things they'll be similar things like you and I even as chart twins we experience a lot of similar things but there's no true exact direct like this exact yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. but interesting i definitely love a good spite but i i i also i will say too i i think i did marching band was really different for me because i did try to stay out of like i did try to stay in line right like and try to stay out of everyone's way yeah and i really wanted like there was nothing more that I wanted when I was a sophomore in band than to be a section leader eventually in like junior or senior year. And I never got to be a section leader because I didn't do band when I was a freshman, even though I would have been an amazing section leader. I just know it's I still, it's like something I still know about myself. And I feel like yeah. that's my ninth house Saturn just screaming at me. Like, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to be in charge now. That's funny because I also had that same desire of being like the lead and like um, section leader. And by the time I got to junior, senior year, I was definitely the most senior because I did marching band as a seventh and eighth grader. But we kind of abolished <gasps> section leaders by the time I got oh my there. God. Your query story is so good. That's so funny. But wait, wait, wait. It gets better, Shannon. Oh, fuck it. Because when we truly abolished it, like my junior, senior year, I had solos to start and end. And well, I was the shining star of the show. Yeah. So my Leo, my, Sat, my, my Aqua Saturn opposite, my Leo Chiron, like I'm now realizing is so loud because I had like, I got switched into like the beginning of abolishing like section leaders. We even abolished having a drum major. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. What? Wait a minute. My marching band is so Aqua Saturn. Literally. We yeah. abolished having a mar- we abolished having drum majors. We didn't have a drum major. So um God. sophomore year was my sophomore year, which was my first year. Shit at yeah. My school was insanity. Yeah. I mean, we were also smaller. We were a group one oh, band. Yeah, no, we are. So it's a lot more capable to have that type of chamber That's environment. But um Oh my god! I'm now realizing. Oh my god! This isn't a strong. This is very strong asterisk. But sophomore year was the last. My sophomore year, which was my first time, not in color guard. <laughs> and, um, I had a I had a flute solo in the ballad in the third movement. Um, that was the last time we had a drum major. And then my third year, we did this awesome like Swan Lake. Uh, firebird combo show and the way we started the show was the drum line we had a really strong percussion program um the drum line would like start it off and then i was like the opening line and we all like played in like a cluster together so we could all keep time together but we abolished have we abolished having drum majors and section leaders by the time of my junior senior year when i would have been a theoretical section leader wow so I, and I became like the low key, st- not to like toot my own horn, be like I was the star of the show, but like uh, I was a soloist. Solo, I never got a solo. I never got. I literally. I need you to know that. Yeah. Apparently, despite the fact that I need you, Emily. Yeah. I was one of the best marchers in my section. I was mm-hmm. so good at the act, like at marching, and yeah, and I still to this day can roll steps so perfectly because I use it at work all the time to walk with seeing things I don't want to spill, to carry mm-hmm. things. It is it is so direct. But you're going to hate me when I say this. I was one of the worst marchers, but I was one of the strongest players. See, so that's why I got away with so oh much crap. God. I got away with so much. Emily, I was the exact opposite. I wasn't the worst player. <laughs> I wasn't a horrible player, but I wasn't like an extremely strong technical player. I was a pretty good. I was a perfectly good. I was a practiced player, but like yeah. it, I wasn't continually actually practicing again, Saturn remediation on that practicing of the things. Like I, if I wasn't actually doing it, like I would just fuck off. But yeah. Marching though, like we would do marching competitions, uh, inner like for the not marching competition, like going out to um uh like like the, the competitions versus other bands. We would do inter band marching competitions where we yeah, would yeah. be doing the like, you know, um set, horns up, horns down, uh, you know. Yep, that was abolished by the time I got Jesus to Christ. like my freshman sophomore year. My oh man, so yeah, jealous. that was all abolished. But we would do all abolished. And I would get so close to winning them very often. The only reason I didn't is because there were always, I mean, there were always I, men always won because my my looking back now, my my band director was so sexist, was such an asshole, and definitely gave a shit and 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 like. He again. The reason I was didn't get to be section leader, despite being the best fucking marcher in my section, was because I did not have the seniority. He didn't. He looked down on me. They looked down. People in my band would look down on you if you didn't start immediately in freshman year. It was. Wait, are, do we have point. opposite band directors? Because my band director, shout out to Mr. O. Do you know a sign? So, cancer. 
Cancer. I am pretty sure my band director was a Sagittarius, and if not a Sagittarius, <laughs> for sure Capricorn. Capricorn. But I, yeah, pretty sure he's a, he's like just, I remember it being mid December because I remember it not being far from my birthday. Yeah, and Mr. He o. is big sag. He was single still. He knocked up the bassoon, the ob- not really not the bassoon, but the the double reeds teacher who was in her tw- late twenties. He knocked her up when he was. You know, you had more than one music. You had more than one band teacher. So we had a band director, (laughs) Texas. We had the band director, and then we had the assistant band director, and then we had the percussion director, and then Mm -hmm. really, but the percussion and the assistant band director were basically the same. But then they would have someone come in for percussion stuff for drumline. They had a drum. Yeah, he had a a guy come in to teach drum who was doing drumline stuff, and that guy was most of our tech, our tech Mm -hmm. we would call them were like from DCI. And so, oh yeah, because you're in Texas, I keep forgetting. Oh my god, and Mr. You know, uh, Mr. O, he uh, he he marched uh, Crossman, which was originally on the East Coast, and then moved to Texas. Crossman, Uh, I actually both of my high school teachers, Shannon, at different times, they they just missed each other by a year. Both marched Crossman Crossman before it went to Texas. Oh my god. That's so funny. Isn't that a small world? One of the guys who graduated in my tuba section in high school went to Crossman. And um, I knew another white guy who went to Blue Devils because one of the other tech on our – really one guy who taught – he kind of was like the marching director almost for – like we – yes. So long story short, yes, we had many people that were kind of would come on, but they would get paid – like, I don't know if they were paid by the actual school. I have no clue how it worked. But either way, yeah. they were in. Well, it's – And then we had the private lesson directors. So we had a double reads. We had a clarinet teacher. We had a – like, there were yeah. all these different teachers that would just come through and to take lessons at the cl- at the school who would give lessons at the school. So, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really great example of how music education in the United States is so regionalized because yeah. – um, and I mean, it, there's even vast differences. Like, I, I can only speak for New Jersey, but within New Jersey, like, North Jersey, the quality of music education in North Jersey is vastly different than the music education quality in South Jersey. And it's not necessarily, like, the quality of teachers – because it's like really hard. It's hard to get. It's hard to get a music ed degree. Yeah. Like it is really hard. Yeah. Um, the standards are so high. Out. But but the thing is, the funding and availability for what can be like. So where I went to school, like we only had one choir teacher and one band teacher. Uh, we had marching band techs, but they were like on contract to just like to teach us marching band and stuff. And that's, but that's really it. Like, um, so that's why I had that reaction of being like, you had more, more than one band teacher. Did you have an orchestra? Cause I didn't see an orchestra until I made it to region band when yeah, I played we had first. an orchestra in our, yeah, in our, yeah, I only played an orchestra and a choir and a band and a color guard and a dance team and a cheerleader. Fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating though that like Texas, I, I was the one that ended up going to school for music, even though, you would think high school wise it would have been you. Yeah, no. If anything, high school wise took me away of being like, fuck that. I could never. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, to go back to Mr. O, um, <laughs> it's fascinating the way your band director leaned into the authoritarianism of marching band. And my band director was like, nope, we are going to be collectively responsible for playing together and like abolished all of the authoritarianism. Wow. My in a marching band. Could never. 
He mm-hmm. lived on the authoritarianism of being the band director. My mom still to this day calls the band the marching band a cult. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it is wild how we have like so, again similar but so exact opposite. Like God, Saturday the ninth, loud. But yeah, wow, fifteen year old us, we were just fucking gallivanting around this marching band, having our all the stuff. I was kissing lots of. I was trying. I was yearning for yearning. many, many a boys in the in the marching band. Many I could not, was not interested, or could not even want if I wanted to reel a football player. But I was yearning after the brass players. Girls' name. <laughs> My first boyfriend yeah. was a trumpet player. <laughs> Broke many a hearts. <laughs> oh, I was getting my heart broken. There was no hearts breaking. I well, also that too. Also I, that too. I did break a heart of one of my close guy friends. He was a saxophone player though, but he serenaded oh. me on the piano in one Poor of the piano practice rooms, and he was like my close friend, and he was like super short, like so nerdy. Like actually, I would love that. I need. I'm fascinated by his chart. Um. But he – it's funny because I had a crush on his best friend oh, no, who's out as a trans woman now. It's actually fascinating because I'm like, wow, I was so gay. didn't even realize it. Um, but <laughs> oh, it's great. But I broke poor – I broke his poor little heart when he started me in the in the practice room and I was like, what? Literally Capricorn Venus just like uh. – Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, but I remember. I you know what someone and said to me when I was—he's had a major glow up now. I would probably, if he serenaded me now, I'd be like, "Hey!" But anyway, I remember when I was in college, someone specifically called me up and was like, "Emily, yeah, you can't date people that musically you don't respect because <laughs> you'll just like devour them. Like if they're not also like in like the same level quality as you, like you will not want to hang out with them." And they weren't wrong. No. Sorry, guys. I'm. I'm. A, I was a total snob. You, the the quality of your play does not determine your worthiness of a person. I had to unlearn that. But uh, was that something that I you said as shorthand at the, at that young age? Mm. Little Emmy did that. Little Emmy did sometimes. Not great. Oops. Oh, it's okay, little Emmy. It's okay, Shabelle. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Shaybell. Oh, I love you, little Emmy. Uh, and I love our little 15 year old selves. Shout out to Taylor for letting us reminisce this long. And also, I love how, as we reminisce about these high school experiences, it always goes back to marching band. <laughs> At least Pivotal. for this era. When we get yeah. to like the later era, it'll change. Stuff, but yeah. Fearless, Fearless and Speak Now are like very <sighs> high school yeah. eras for us. That's yeah. okay, though. All right. But yeah, anyway, so uh, right. next week is – what's the next song? Love Story? Or Hey, Steven? it's Love Story. Yeah. yeah big one. The big hit. Uh, another one. Wow, great. Marry me, Juliet. Mm, we love invoking another person's point of view. Taylor. Uh, so, yeah, yeah next Taylor week. Taylor Swift's always we'll ready do... from a man's point of view. Yeah. Taylor Swift from a man's perspective. Um. Anyway, so yeah, next week, love story. <laughs> and then after that, it'll be mm-hmm. like kind of it's it's interesting. Yeah, it will be it's almost the B-sides, not the B-sides, but like all the other songs until we get to You Belong with Me. It's like a lot of songs that are Oh, well, yes. White Horse. Oh, yeah. God, I forget she has so many singles from this album. Huh. Yeah. 
White Horse will be another. Intense. We will hit them all. We will hit them all. Yes. But until then, Emily, I love you. Till then, Shannon, I love you. To the moon and to Saturn. To the moon and to Saturn. Mm-hmm. Bye, Astro Swifties. Bye, Astro Swifties. Follow us. Twin Fire Signs. Tee-hee. Bye. Bye.